listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tbcweb.com. Well, hello, everybody. All right, let's try it again. I want to hear you. Hello, everybody. All right, that makes me feel better. I want to say hey to everybody online. We're so glad that you're joining us and our prayer is that you'll find encouragement in our service. We're going to come back to some more worship later. Also, a big hello to uh, Delton and to Middleville. Special blessing on you guys in Middleville. We love you, thinking about you, and thank God for you. So I want to start uh, my talk uh, this week out by just asking you a question. And uh, this, this is applicable for everybody, okay? So just think about this. What's the thing that has you most worked up these days? So... So the, the, it's the kind of thing where you go, i got to get this taken care of, and i got to get it dealt with stat. Because if I do, then, you know, I, it's like I have to do this thing. What thing in your life, what, what thing would that be? In fact, let's just even make it like a fill in the blank, all right? So here it is. If I could just blank, then I would be able to relax and enjoy life more. What is that thing? thing, what, what is the blank that you would fill right in there? I'm not looking for out loud answers, just want you to think about it, because I think all of us would know what that is. We've always got one of these things in front of us. If I could just, you know, get the car fixed, or if we could just get a, another house, or if I could just get a different job than this horrible thing, you know, whatever it is, what is that thing? I bet you know. But I bet you also know that whatever you filled in there, also that this is actually not a true statement. Would any of you agree with me on that? Because as soon as you get that one fixed, what happens? You got, you got another one coming, and then another one, and then another one after that. Actually, I think that life has pretty much taught all of us, especially those of us who have any age, that we, I mean, we can assume that we will always have some kind of struggle, struggle, and we'll probably also always think, if I could just, you know, then, if I could just do, then I'll be able to relax. Then I'll be able to take a breath and enjoy. If we could just get to vacation, if we would just get through the COVID thing, whatever it is, if we could just, but the truth about life is, and, and, and you know this, is life is pretty much just a climb. You say, if I could just get over this hill, then every no, no, life is just a climb because when you get over that hill, there's another one, and then there's another one, and of course, we're probably always going to think this, you know, if I can just do this, it'll be all right, and that's part of growing, but life is predominantly a climb, and I think you know that. So I don't know what your, your, how you fill the blank in, but what I would say to you is, is that I don't know what it is, and I can't fix it for you and make it better, but I do know something that will help you. And this is a really big deal, and you can take it for what it's worth. I think what I'm about to tell you will help you climb the next hill, whatever it is you're facing, and it's not going to make it always easy. It's not going to make it instantly happen, but it will help you a lot. And this is profound, so I want you to be ready. You guys in Delton, listening, Middleville, online, you guys all ready for this? Because here it is. This is what will help you do the next climb in your life really well, and that is don't do it alone. Now, I know that's you're like... Uh, that's not profound, Jeff. No, it actually really is. Don't do it alone. In fact, I would contend that this is maybe one of the big mistakes that we make in our lives is that we don't get this point. Don't do it alone. We think we can do it on our own. We've got it. We're smart. We've got to figure it out. And as I said, choosing to not do something alone, whatever it is you're facing, is not going to always make it easier or easy, and it's not always going to make it simple, 
but it will make it easier and it will make it simpler because you were made, get this, you were made to not do life in the next hill, whatever it is, whatever it is you're facing, you were made to not do it alone. Now let's go back to the creation of mankind. We, we use this verse, this is kind of a touchstone verse in this series. This is God, right after he's created man, he says, it is not good for the man to be, say it out loud with me. All right, let's try it again. Get everybody to say it. It's not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for you to be or to do life alone. And I know a lot of people will say, you know, no, I'm not completely alone, but I, I think we need to think about this, and that's what we're talking about. You know, it's a funny thing because we all know we should not do life alone. We, we know that. And yet, on the other hand, think about it. How many times do we kind of sort of, in a humble way, brag about the fact, I did this, and I did it all by myself? Have you ever done that? I built this thing, I built this stinking thing by myself, as if doing it by yourself means you're smarter it means you're more capable, it means you're stronger, it means you're, you're better or whatever. And in truth, you may think that it makes you look like you're better because you did it alone, but the truth is from what we know about life, and this is what studies teach us, this is what all of life teaches us, you, you're not smarter. Actually, when you do it alone, you're kind of, you know, I want to say this without it sounding bad, but you're, you're kind of dumber, actually. Don't do it alone. Now, let me give you one of the primary reasons why you don't want to do it alone. It's just, it's real simple. It's called line of sight. Line of sight. The fact is that there's some things in life that you simply don't see. And maybe you could see them if you looked in the right way, but you don't see them. And what we need is we need people who can see what we don't. Many of you have heard me tell the story about Time I'm on this platform here at the Hastings campus, and it was a, a weekend service, Sunday morning, I think, and I had told people, why don't you greet two or three people? It was a little more extended. And so this guy jumped up from the, you know, he, he's sitting in the audience, he jumps up, he comes, and I knew him, he comes up on the platform, he grabs my hand, he shakes my hand, and said, hi, I'm Jerry, and your zipper is down. And I just said, no, I just said, right, because you guys have to know, you don't, you don't know what it's like to have been a pastor here for 40 years, because there's so many bad human beings in this church. I don't know how else to say it. Because there are guys who love to sit in the church. And while I'm speaking, somewhere during the message, they'll just look at me and go, they're just doing it to get me to look. And it's an evil thing. And I've had that happen so many times. So he says, hi, my name is Jerry and your zipper's down. And I knew him. And I'm just like, yeah, right. But I looked and it was. And it wasn't just down. It was like one of those wide open things, you know, and I'm like, Keep greeting one another, you know. <laughs> I needed what I didn't see, but he did. And you need that too. Come on. You need that too because your zipper may be down right now. Welcome everyone to church. <laughs> to TVC anyhow. So, so we're in this series called Touchstone and and. We're endeavoring to do what Jesus' followers are supposed to do regularly, which is go back to the touchstone of God's voice through Scripture and just say, am I walking the way God designed me to? Am I living according to the manufacturer's specifications? And specifically in this series, it's going to be four weeks, this is week two, we're talking about the importance of what I'm calling spiritually intentional relationships that Christ followers are supposed to have in their lives with other Christ followers. Now, I'm going to be upfront about this. This talk, particularly this, this week's talk, 
is really driven towards people who are followers of Jesus. But I will tell you this, even if you're not, if you're watching online, you're listening to this, one of our campuses, I I will tell you, and and I really believe this, that this stuff that I'm talking about is applicable to everybody, no matter where you're at spiritually. You say, I'm not even sure what I think about God. I, I get that and all that, but this is applicable to everybody. Studies have shown us this. Everything shows us this. You don't even have to have the touchstone of Scripture to know this, that you should not do it alone. But here's the interesting thing. Even though I say most of us would go, you're right, I, I, I know that. My perspective, at least coming from me, is that particularly in the area of spirituality, of your spiritual life, most of us, we don't have intentional spiritual relationships. And we've got family, and that's awesome. We've got work associates that we like and, 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 and talk to and share our lives with and everything, and that's wonderful. We've got buddies that we hang out with and have a good time with. All oh, that's really good. I'm not, I'm not dissing any of that. But if we're honest, very few, if any of those relationships, hold a depth which helps you with line of sight. And that is an important thing to understand because if you're, going to have, if you're going to have depth in a relationship, it has to be more than just, yeah, we talk once in a while and I'll even say, you know, I'm really sad about this thing or whatever. On a spiritual basis, if you don't have that, what that means is, is at least spiritually, you are isolated. We talked about this last week. When people are in isolation, whether it's physical or emotional or mental or spiritual, it doesn't matter, it's unhealthy. Because when you're in emotional or spiritual isolation, we have a tendency when we don't have people in our lives that have depth and a commitment to that relationship, we, we have a tendency to, to lose who we are because relationships of death, see, depth, they're, they're like guardrails in our life. And when we start to slide off, if we have those guardrails, they, 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 they help us stay in a healthy place. They're, they're good for us. But when we don't have those guardrails, and we, you've all seen this. You've seen somebody who got a little depressed and then they kind of just withdrew from people and they, they weren't connected. They, they started to isolate themselves, you know, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally and spiritually from other people. And then the, and if you notice, you want to disconnect because you don't want to be around people because you feel sad, but then you don't get better. You get worse. It's a line of sight thing. You don't even see it. And often, then people in those places, and you've seen this, then they begin to abuse, you know, prescription medications or alcohol or whatever, and they get darker and darker. And sometimes people get to the place where they can't seem to climb out, sometimes even take their life. And I think, again, this is me, but I think where you see this happen more than any other place, because people say, well, I've got a couple really good emotional friends. We really try to support each other emotionally, and I think it's great. But I think where you see this the most is in the area of spirituality. I mean, you, 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 know, you have a sense that you really do believe there is a God. And you believe that he loves you and he wants a relationship with you and you want that relationship and you want to deep it, deepen it and all of that with God. You want that vertical relationship to be rich and good if you're a follower of Jesus. And you mean it. But because there are no intentional spiritual connections in your life, you don't have guardrails. You don't have help with line of sight. And so you begin, and I'm just telling you, this happens all the time, you begin to drift away from your, your connection with God. And I mean, this isn't just true in the spiritual realm. This is true in every realm of life. You know this. If you want to be great at a sport, 
You have to play that sport a lot with other people who are as good or better than you. You have to do that. And if you don't do that, what happens is your ability begins to deteriorate. This is a, a law of nature. It's a law of life. There's a name for it. It's called entropy. That which you don't intentionally step into will tend towards chaos. And the crazy thing is, we're not often, we're not even aware that we're beginning to, spiritually speak, uh, speaking, begin to experience, beginning to experience entropy spiritually. But it's happening to us, you know, like a, a frog in a pot and somebody begins to turn the heat up and it comes to boil. It's like you never even realize it's happening and then suddenly there's isolation and you're, you're not walking with God. You just, you just move further and further away from him. Because you lost the guardrails, you lost the line of sight stuff. You know something isn't quite right, but because you're in spiritual isolation, it's hard to figure out. So you go, well, maybe something's not right, but I, I don't know, I'm just, I'll, I'll be okay. And so this is what you do, and we all love to do this. You self-diagnose your issues. Come on, do we do that? We self-diagnose our issues. You go, well, I think, you know what I think it is? I think it's this or I think it's that. And then you assume, because you're brilliant, of course, that your diagnosis is smart and right and it's like science, it's just hard and fast and that's just the way it is. And so often, particularly when it comes to our spiritual lives, we diagnose ourselves, I'm just a little off, but I'm, I'll be fine, whatever, whatever. You are, you are wrong. In fact, self-diagnosing is is often very difficult because of the line of sight issue. I've talked about this before, but this is probably a decade ago, maybe even longer, I don't know. And I begin to experience uh, pain in one of my legs in the shin area. It was just, it just like it hurt. And when I walked, it hurt. And, and so I've been doing this for decades now, actually. I, I, I walk a couple miles a day for exercise. You know, that's kind of what I do. And, and so I'd be walking and be like, why does this hurt? You know, I looked at it. There was no cut. There was no bruise. There was nothing there indicating anything was wrong. It was a little bit red, but nothing beyond that. And I thought, you know what? It's a sore muscle. I don't know what I did, but it must be a sore muscle. So I just need to, you know, so I tried doing some stretches, you know, think, okay, that's, I just diagnosed it. It's a sore muscle, but it didn't get better. It just got worse and worse, and I'd be like, what is going on? So, okay, I just got to quit walking because maybe I just can't use it at all. Is it shin splints? What is this thing? And it just, it just got worse and worse. And then the re- there was redness, and the redness began to grow. No cut, no bruise. I never bumped it against anything. What is going on? I don't, I don't get it. It's, if, how can a sore muscle do this? And I didn't, until I had the help of my wife, finally do something intelligent, and that was contact someone who could see what I wasn't seeing. I called, you can imagine, the doctor and made an appointment and I went in and I pulled up my pant leg and I said this is what I'm experiencing and they looked at it and they said you have cellulitis now maybe you know what that is I didn't I thought they were saying you're getting fat and I was like immediately like I, I'm like what and they said you have cellulitis and I'm so, it's a, my weight is causing this, you know, and they're like, no, 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 that's not, cellulitis is an infection that comes from multiple things, but it can happen in a person, you can't even identify where, how the infection got in, but it's there, and it was localized in my leg, but it was spreading fast, and the doctor basically said to me, that he took this very serious, he said, what you need to understand about cellulitis is, is it looks like it's not much, but if you let it go, it will go systemic, in other words, it will go throughout your system, and it will make you sick enough that it can kill you. In fact, we were going to go on vacation, and he said, I don't believe you should go on vacation. I had to negotiate with him to to get it figured out. I'll keep an eye on it. We'll mark it to see if the red spreads and all that, because he said it is such a deadly thing if you 
think you have it okay. This is what we do. We self-diagnose. And then there's an infection raging in us in some capacity, and we don't even see it. This is, you know, we, we, we say, I'm, I think I'm doing, you know, spiritually, I think I'm doing all right. I'm, you know, and we don't even realize that the infection's raging, and it's going systemic, that we're, that we're moving further and further away from God. You know, Jesus, and, and you need to understand, this is what a lot of people think. think. Well, if I'm moving far away from God, I'll know because I'll be doing all these bad things. Listen, you can move far away from God and still be doing good things. Are you listening to me? You can move far away from God and still be doing good things. Jesus actually confronted people when he was on the earth who were quite religious and doing all kinds of, they thought it was all the good stuff. And this is what he says. This is so powerful. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 22, he says, many will say to me on that day, well, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? In other words, we did all the right things. And then Jesus said, and then I will tell them plainly. And these words, you want to know what words haunt me in the Bible? These words haunt me. Jesus said, I will tell them plainly. I never what? I never knew you. And then he says, away from me, you evildoers. They were doing good stuff. And he said, you thought you were right where you should be. And you were not. Folks, it's called line of sight. It's called not having guardrails in our lives. These self-diagnosis is dangerous because of the very line of sight. And I know some people listening to this, maybe you're watching in Delton right now and you're just going, Jeff, Jeff, I've got some really good buddies that, you know, we, we support each other. And I'm glad for you. I think you should have buddies. I think everybody should. That's good. But the question is, are any of them spiritually intentional buddies? This is really important to understand because some of our buddies, even though we feel good when we're around them and we share stuff, and we, we, they're actually not healthy for you. Actually, in some cases, they're unhealthy for you because you have this isolation spiritually speaking, but you think it's being fulfilled by guys that you hang out with, buddies that you have. And, and the trouble is, again, this is what happens with buddies and people that we hang out with often. They won't tell us what we need to hear. They only tell us what they think we want to hear. Come on, is that true? How many people do we know at work and we say, yeah, that, I, I would consider that person a friend. We see each other every day. We like each other. We laugh. We joke. It's everything. But when it comes right down to it, they won't tell you that you got something stuck on your teeth. And even worse, they won't tell you the stuff in your life that you really need to hear. Because they don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want to upset the relationship. They don't want to do the wrong thing. And only too often do we learn later what Scripture says. And this is so important. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, Do not be misled because bad company corrupts good character. Now just hear me out. I'm not saying that your buddies are bad or evil. I don't even know that this is saying that. I think what it's saying is, is that they are bad company. In other words, in your life, in this setting, you need more than just that because this is lulling you into a place of thinking, I don't need anything more. But you need spiritually intentional relationships because no matter how good a person you are, you're going to go off the, the road occasionally. And if there are guardrails there, it helps bump you and save you from going down over the mountainside. But if you have no guardrails, if you have no one that can give you line of sight that you're not seeing, you just go off the deep end. And this is what happens in so many people's lives, and I think we have to hear, we need this in our lives, and we need to be this for other people. 
Scripture speaks about this. Galatians 6.1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, in other words, they're going off the rails, they're, 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 they're in a mess. It says, you who are godly should gently and humbly, you don't, you don't act like a jerk, you don't act like a holy now, but you, you help that person back onto the right path. See, this is what I'm asking in this kind of a setting. Do you even have that in your life? You're sitting in Middleville right now just watching. Do you, seriously, do you have that in your life? I think these are really critical questions. We need people that have an open door to give us line of sight that we can't see. So the question we're asking these days is, you know, real simply, who's in your spiritual tribe? Who do you have like that? Not your buddies, not your family, not your work associates, but people that you have, in effect, together said, our goal is to grow closer to God, and we're going to support each other in this. Who do you have in your life like that because as I said no matter how good you are sometimes you're going to go off the road you're just not good enough not to this is true for everybody you know when I was I was about 13 years old I had an incredible and profound encounter with God and I was for several years just so deeply in love with him and committed and I remember saying to God so many times I will follow you. I will not walk away from you. I will stay with you. And through those years, I had deep spiritual connections with people that helped me continue to grow my relationship. And then just before I turned 17 and 16, I got in a fight with my dad and I left home. But I was working at a restaurant where I still had a really good spiritual relationship and it it buoyed me for about the first month. And then I had the opportunity to get a job working construction where I could make so much more money. And I took that job And I didn't consciously say I'm not going to have that relationship anymore. I just kind of wandered away. And I could measure, I could look back and measure from that point my downward trajectory away from walking with God. The one I said, I will never walk from you. I love you. I want to walk with you and live with you always. And it happened because I had no intentional guardrails, no other line of sight. This happens in our lives. So so here's, here's my question. Do you want to follow God? Simple question. Do you want to follow God? Nobody's making, you don't have to. Do you want to follow God? If your answer is in the affirmative, then I would say to you, you absolutely need to be able to answer the question, who's in your spiritual tribe? Who do you have spiritually intentional relationship with. You, abs- you don't have to do this, but if you want to follow God, if you want to walk after him, you need this. And I'll tell you, it's to, in my opinion, it's as if everything in the world fights against it. It is so, I talk to so, so many people all the time, and they're like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I should, you know, all this. But it's like everything causes us to drift away from it, and then ultimately, because we have no guardrails, we have no line of sight, we, do, we start to drift away from God. And some of you, I'm just saying to you, you need this in your life. And this is what I know. I've been doing this so long now. This is what I know. Some of you listening to this, you won't do anything with this. And the day will come when you're so far, so distant from God that you look back and you go, oh, how did I get here? And you will remember these words and you will say, he was right. 
And I don't say that because I think I'm, I'm being arrogant and I think I'm just brilliant. I'm just teaching what Jesus taught us, what Scripture is very clear on. You were made not to do life alone, and that's in every, every realm of life, every sphere. And you need spiritually intentional, you need these in your life. So in these next couple of weeks, I just want to talk about, and I'm going to do a very short list, and we're, we're going to talk about just two things uh, this week, and, and, and I'll finish up here, but I'm, I'm going to talk about stuff that causes us to kind of back off or strong arm the, this idea, because I know many of you are listening to it, and you're like, you're like yeah, 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 I, I agree, I agree, Jeff, I need that in my life. I know I do. I observe in my own life, when I distance my relationship spiritually, I start to wander from God. It's just, it's just a fact. But Sometimes I think we don't even know why we're pushing back on it. And so I want to give you some things to think about because I think this is so important. And the first one is one that often, it's like people don't think about it, but it, this is a big reason why people often drift away from the idea of spiritually intentional relationships is that they, they frankly, they just have fear of exposure of something dark within them. That, they don't want to be known. Now, depending on how you're wired and your family of origin, and, and you, you know this, some of you were raised in families where your family taught. This is a family of origin thing. You never talk about what's going on in your life or in our family. You keep it to yourself. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's like you were raised that way. And I'd love to just say, you know, how many of you were raised in a family like that? Lift your hand. But none of you would because you learned your lesson well. You don't talk about this stuff. You don't do it. But here's what's interesting, is that even those of us who were raised in families that's pretty open about where we're at, our emotions, or what's going on inside of us, and maybe you're even hardwired so that you're, you're more comfortable talking about who you are and you're a little more self-aware, even those of us who are like that, and I would put myself in that category, in the latter category, when it comes to exposure of dark places in us, we mostly in a knee-jerk response, run from that. We run from that. Because I don't want you to see, I don't want that dark piece. Look, I have no problem standing up here and telling you about something that I struggled with in the past and that I have victory over, because that makes me look like a conqueror, right? It's easy to tell those things, but to talk to you about what I'm struggling with right now that is yet unresolved? Oh, no, 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 no. I do not want you to know that because I do not want you to see me as a failure and I do not want you to see me as a loser or a person who has a dark side. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? We have a fear of exposure of that which is within us which is dark, which is not healthy and it is very frightening. And so we get something, this is what we often do, we get into a spiritually intentional relationship and it's going good but then we get into something that's a little bit next to the dark part of me that I've been hiding away that I don't want anybody to know and we just start, sometimes it's not even conscious, we just start pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. No, 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 I don't, I, no, no. And we're not even saying it out loud but it's there. And I know some of you, maybe you say, well can't there be things that I just, it's just me and God and nobody else? And I understand why you would say that. Because I have felt those feelings so many times. But here's just a reality that you need to know. This is an axiom in life. What I hide will not heal. That was really deep, so I just, I'm just going to say it again, all right, just so you hear it. What I hide will not heal. Because what you hide is like you're, you're misdiagnosing. You're, you're trying to treat this, this infection by acting like it'll go away if you just ignore it, but it won't. And the truth is, is that what it really needs is it needs to see, it, it needs you to take the lid off and expose it to air 
so it can start to become healthy. And that's a very frightening thing. And you don't have to do it to the whole world or, you know, every Christian, you know, well, let me tell you about what I'm struggling with. No, you, people don't even want you doing that, right? But with one person, or maybe two, where you just own, this is, this is kicking my butt and I don't know how to deal with this thing. Here's what I can tell you from personal experience. When you take that lid off and you are honest about that which you fear being exposed, there is something so freeing. How many times have we heard people who got caught in something that they'd been hiding and then they would say, they would say, they make this statement, I'm so glad I got caught. Because it's freeing when you get it out there. But what you hide, you cannot heal. So is it possible that you're staying at a superficial level spiritually with people because maybe you're afraid of exposure. And I understand. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really do. But I'm telling you, if you want health, if you want to grow your God relationship, you need a spiritually intentional relationship where you, where you can be honest about that which you fear being exposed but will only heal if it finds some daylight. I'm going to say what I said at the start again. I don't know what you're dealing with. Some hidden dark thing that you hate, something that you wish would go away, something you hate to talk about or even acknowledge. Can I repeat it? Don't do it alone. You were not made to do this stuff alone. Fear of exposure is a huge reason why we drift. Here's the second one. Let's just be honest about this one. It's just what I would describe as basic human selfishness. I hear this actually all the time. You know, people will, I'll talk to people and they'll go, I know you're right, I know you're right, I know I should. And then they'll just say to me, but I, frankly, Jeff, I just don't want to. I don't want to be a part of a group or I don't want to get into a relationship like that. And I actually respect their honesty. But here's the thing, I think they need to be uh, totally honest and if they say I want to be a follower of God, they need to recognize that when they're saying, I'm saying no to this for whatever reason, they're also saying to God, I'm saying no to you. I think you just have to be honest about that. And I think really the truth is, is that often, because people will say to me, you know, I went to a group once. And I, you know, I, I, I'll tell you why I don't do it. Because I went to uh, these groups, people, I would, they were weird. Of course they were. Because people are weird. We're all weird. If you found a group that had no one weird in it, as soon as you started going, you would change the dynamic. Because you're weird. I mean, this is just a reality. All of us are weird. And this kind of thing happens. I think if we're honest, I think when people say, I went to a group, but I just, the people were weird, and I, you know, it just seemed like, I don't know, you know, they have all these reasons and everything. I think if we were brutally honest, if we could get right down to gut level honest, I think it's often what we're really saying is, I went, but it didn't feel rewarding like I thought it would. That's not going over well. I'll just say it again because I think it's really true. I went, but it didn't feel rewarding. I thought I was going to come away going, that was awesome, but I went away going, oh, that guy's weird, and I don't know what's going on with that couple. And, and I understand this way of thinking. I mean, I, I, I absolutely do. But what I think the problem is, is I, I, I actually think that what, what we're doing is, is we're coming at it from the wrong angle. We're coming at this from the perspective of what will a spiritually intentional relationship do for me? But I think what God calls us to do is go into them 
looking at what it will do for others. I want to read a verse I read to you uh, last week, and then I want to add the subsequent verse to it. It's found in Hebrews chapter 10. We read this last week, verse 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. But then it goes on. So it says, let's consider how we can do that, not giving up meeting together. Now, it doesn't say it has to be 50 people or 1,000 people or two people. It doesn't, but just meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. Why do you think they're in the habit of not meeting together? It's inconvenient. Basic human selfishness. He says, but we should encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. In all of this, when he admonishes us that we should be meeting together, he's not saying so that we can feel good about ourselves. He's saying we should meet together so we can spur one another on. We can encourage one another. We can be there for the other people. This is not about me. This is about them. And let's just be honest, and this is going to sound critical, and you think I'm just, you know, complaining and stuff, but we live in a supremely selfish culture. Everything is about me. My preferences, my likes, what I want, fast as I can get it, the way I like it, and I will be nasty to a minimum wage worker in a fast food restaurant because they didn't give me my sandwich with ketchup only. It is so much about me But if you look at the epitome, what the Christ life is called to be, it is not to be about me, it's called to be about others. And I think sometimes we just have to say, okay, all right, I need to go into this, but I need to go into it understanding. If I try to have spiritually intentional relationships with people, I'm going to see weirdness in them because people are weird and it's going to be inconvenient. But I am about investing in others, not just doing this for myself. It is an act of selflessness. And one of the reasons people don't do this stuff is because they fear exposure. And another is because just basic human selfishness. It's just inconvenient. And so I know I'm kind of pushing on you a little bit, but I want to just come back to it. I mean, I just want to ask the question again, who's in your spiritual tribe? Can you answer that question? Meaning, who do you have spiritually intentional relationship or relationships with? Can you name them? And would they say your name if asked this question? I just challenge you to this. Because it's worth it. And look, we, we would, if we can help you, if there's any way we can serve you and help you in this, we absolutely want to do it. If you will text to 77948 the word tribes, just text tribes to 77948. We will, I think we got it on the screen, yeah. We'll, we'll make sure that we respond to you. It may not be in the next three minutes, but we'll get back to you. And if we can help you in any way, we will. We'll, and it's not to try to bring you into our cult. This is to just help you make the next positive move. We have people that would love to connect with you and serve you and help you if you need that. And so just text tribes to 77948 and we will respond and we'll help you. Now we're going to take some time and we're going to worship together as a church family at all our campuses and we want you to join us online. Please just stay and worship with us. And while we're in this time, let's just open our hearts to God. Say, God, what are you speaking to me about this. So let me pray and we'll worship God now in this time. Help us to have hearts that are open to your voice, to hear what you want to say to us. Help us to follow you fully in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, We invite you to share it. 
For more information, visit tvcweb.com.